like what an insight into how you're spending your days and these days that are going that are fleeting like this is right. a really really valuable thing to do i can see you can get so much out of it and what it costs you a week of maybe just a little bit of a inconvenience here inconvenience and there. <laughs> here and there to write down yeah. you know the time that you're spending on on everything yeah I think this is yeah. great. So, okay, confession, haven't really done one properly. So I'm very, very inspired to do one. I'm excited to hear about it. I can't wait to hear about it. And I promise I won't go on and on about this, even though I definitely could. I also think that another way that this can be super beneficial is when you start to identify those little things that you are doing repetitively, maybe without even noticing it, like those trips to the kitchen, and then you're emptying the dishwasher and yada, yada, yada. When you start to recognize those things, you can identify them as potential distractors. And mm. what I've done with those types of things. Hey, friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico, to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hello, Kate. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Good I morning. see that you, your office is still the same, actually. I have not commented on this since we've been chatting. I have Are, not. Is it growing on you? No, but I have not had time to <laughs> rearrange it. <laughs> okay, great, great reasoning. <laughs> I was actually wondering, is Kate going to say something that the office hasn't been rearranged since our last conversation where it was like we both agreed that it was probably better the way it was before? Well, it's no. so funny. We've already been on for 30 minutes and we've just been blabbing our faces off about like all the things. And then I just realized when we were recording our intro, hey, Nicole's office is still the same. Yeah. Uh, Have not had time to rearrange it, but um, I will do maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks. But I, you're right. <laughs> I think you mentioned it last week. Like you need to sometimes let it settle, maybe mm -hmm. get used to it. I don't want to hastily put it back. And then if you do give it like maybe a few weeks, then you really know. Right. Good point. Mm -hmm. Look at yeah. you. Sharp as a tack. <laughs> Your afternoon. Good morning from here. 6.59 a.m. on the dot right now. <laughs> oh, well, I am very excited for today's episode, Nicole. We're going to be sharing some updates with you, friends. We're going to revisit a few past topics uh, that we've chatted about here on the podcast and provide updates on our thoughts and our learnings and our progress. And a recurring theme in our updates today is I kind of found when I was creating this outline around one of our favorite topics, which is preparation. <laughs> we all know how much Nicole and I love that topic. Um, obviously, there are, you've heard us say a million times, there are so many benefits to doing a little bit of research ahead of time and to having a clear vision and expectation of how you want things to go, because we know that things don't always go as planned. But if you prepare and have a vision in your mind ahead of time, at least you can be more prepared for 
maybe a plan B or other ideas if you have to pivot on the fly Mm -hmm. if necessary. So that was kind of the thread that I saw for today's convo. And Nicole, I'm excited to kick off our updates with you because you have OzCon coming up next week. And OzCon is your and Omar's annual event that we chatted about in a previous episode, episode 69 of the podcast. That episode was titled, Have You Considered Planning and Hosting Your Own Event? And you're getting ready to host OzCon again. I am. How are you feeling? We are, yeah. I'm feeling really good about it. Um, As always, though, as it creeps up quite closely, I feel a little bit anxious. Have we, you know, done everything we need to do? Is there anything we're missing? But um, I feel pretty good about it. Running it the second time, we've got a very thorough spreadsheet. Of course, we missed a couple of things, like very silly details. Um, I'll give you an example. With the intake form, we, you know, ask people a whole bunch of questions and I forgot to ask for snack and beverage preferences. That was one of the things that I felt mm. like, oh, that would have been... So I had to email people and say, hey, what drinks do you prefer? What snacks do you prefer? Little things yeah. like that. But um, we're very good at now writing down anything that comes up like that to remember to do it next time. So Next time. Well, and this being your second time, I know you guys had so many learnings for the first mm-hmm. one that we chatted about in yeah. a previous episode as well. But I know this time you guys have actually expanded the event. You're doing more people. And if I'm not mistaken, in more days too, right? Yes. That was one of the pieces of feedback last year was that people wanted more time. So we've, we're doing an extra night this time. Uh-huh. So this time it's a five day event instead of a four day event, which was interesting that, the, that people wanted more time. We needed definitely a greater balance of male female ratio. So last year we were 12 in total with only two ladies, me included. Still great, but we really needed to make sure that we have more female inclusion this year. And so this year we, uh, we've upped the numbers. So we're 17 and uh, five women that are joining. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you guys to do this event and to hear about it again. So you're um, doing the same location as last year. Is that right? Yes. We're going back to the Snowy Mountains, this lovely part of New South Wales, Jindabyne. Yeah. Same location, this resort called the Lake Crackenback. It's quite beautiful out there and it's very close to the a ski tube that gets connects you to the mountain and we've talked about this in events there's so many things you have to consider right like you know Mm -hmm. the location the food the numbers there's just all of this that goes into it and so this year because we you know we took on the feedback we wanted to expand the days the numbers you don't want to change too many variables Mm -hmm. and so one of the variables that we decided to given that there's new people coming and different different attendees we can stick to the same location Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good call. You guys are familiar with it. You kind Mm -hmm. of know what to expect. Um, You get your lodging there. It's part of the experience to be Mm -hmm. on the ski mountain. And that's such a, you know, cool activity for people to participate in. But beyond that, I mean, you guys are, I'd imagine, actually doing masterminding and sessions. And so what's kind of the balance in that respect in terms of how much time you guys spending 
you know, in a room together chatting business and how much time is it just kind of like out doing fun activities where of course business conversations are going to happen. I think when you, when you increase the numbers, it becomes a little bit harder to then know that there's movement. So if you have to meet somewhere, gather somewhere, you know, that you just have to allow for a little bit of extra time when there's more people. Mm -hmm. So there is still a very similar balance of time on the mountain um, which you know allows people to have those organic conversations and then these afternoon sessions that we have before dinner which will have those mastermind business very like structured conversations um, and structured activities I'd say the split is probably hmm good good question maybe 70 30 in terms of structured activities and then time on the mountain and time at dinners, lunches, breakfasts. So 30% structured, 70% open or the other way? 30% structured. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you need to lo- allow time for, it might be more like 60, 40. No, yeah. I'd say probably, mm. <laughs> <laughs> can't do math at this time in the morning. Um, yeah, I think the the feedback was from last year was that, you know, the organic conversations that happened on the mountain, waiting for the lifts, people yeah. sharing like tips on snowboarding and skiing, helping each other out was, you know, a lot of the a lot of fun, but they really did enjoy also the structured activities. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so we're definitely making time for that and you know, still including that. We've changed up some of the activities. Yeah, so the schedule's kind of similar but with the extra day we get to do a pre-con dinner which I'm very excited about Uh so hosting like a dinner where everyone's already here in Sydney because a few people will be flying in from different cities oh so you guys will do a dinner in Sydney and then the next day you all take off together to go to the mountain yes fun on the bus that'll be great on the bus yes which Omar is not driving this year not driving this year (laughs) and the bus was a highlight and everyone yeah. said it has to be included. And so we've kind of made it compulsory to be on the bus because everyone just got so much out of having these conversations on this five hour, five and a half hour drive down to, to Jindabyne. And I think it's going to be even better this year because you guys are having that dinner the night before. So people will have already kind of gotten to meet one Mm -hmm. another, have little chats, and then, yeah, that'll make the bus ride super fun. Oh, my goodness. So excited for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, next week we're off. So, yeah, I will report back when when we're home. (laughs) This is a total aside, but I know that Omar is a snowboarder. Have you guys watched the Sean White documentary? No. It's on HBO Max, and it is fantastic. John and I just finished it, and it was so, so, so good. Okay. (laughs) So it might be a fun one for you guys to watch before you head up to the mountain. Okay. Well, I'll be taking skiing lessons this time. I am going to try again. Yep. Awesome. Skiing, snowboarding, yes, back to skiing lessons. So hopefully I will make some progress this time. Awesome. I'm sure there will be plenty of people in the same boat too. A lot of attendees that will take lessons as well. Not that many, actually. I think there's only about three of us. They're all pretty proficient snowboarders and skiers, which is interesting. Okay. I think, yeah. So there'll be a few, just, yeah, about three or four of us doing lessons. So be fun. Yay. So that's OzCon. Well, all the great vibes. Thank you. Thank we'll you. We'll look forward to an update when you're back. Thank you.
<laughs> um, so when we were talking about OzCon kind of offline a little bit, I got to thinking about, again, our thread preparation planning and, uh, something that I've been doing a lot of focused preparation and planning around is having a baby. <laughs> That's a kind big of one. a big, a big thing. <laughs> and so one of the really interesting things though, that I've done kind of in preparation and, and I'll talk about like some of the smaller things, but one of the bigger things that has been a focus for me and that I thought would be interesting to share with our friends and for us to chat about is I did a time audit of everywhere and every how I'm spending my time. Cause when I was thinking about what's most important to me in terms of preparation for the baby coming is that I want to have complete freedom, time freedom. Mm-hmm. If Cause I have no idea how I'm going to feel. Right. You know, I talked to so many moms that are like, I popped that baby out and I was working the next day. Like I was ready to get back at it and (laughs) I missed work. I wanted to be working. And then I chat with some moms that are like, Whoa, I totally did not expect this. I want to spend every single second just like staring at my baby and (laughs) I don't want to, you know, think about work or be doing work. And I honestly have zero clue how I'm going to feel one way or the other. So this time audit was really important for me because I wanted to understand how I could free up as much time as possible so that I have the choice when the baby comes. Hmm. If I feel like, you know, jumping back into work after a few weeks, then I can do that. And if I don't want to, then I don't have like this pressure to do so. Have you ever done Hmm. like a time? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That. That's interesting. You want to have you want to have the option. You you want to give yourself the the flexibility because you just don't know. That's yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Very very well. Smart. And that's that's one thing that I'm learning too. Just in trying to prepare for all of this is that flexibility is going to be very key. So if I'm going to be flexible with you know, all these baby things, like I want to be flexible with my personal time and household stuff and and everything. I think flexibility is going to be a a big key word for me Mm -hmm. in the coming year. (laughs) Freedom and flexibility. Yes. So the time audit was very interesting though. And I highly encourage anyone tuning in who has never done a time audit before to definitely do it because it was eye-opening. So I mean, I just took away so many lessons from doing this. Have have you done a time audit before? I am not sure if I have. I feel like I might have done a time audit. Maybe yes, but I would love to know your definition of it. I'm very, very intrigued. This is me and you geeking out on our, you know, calendars, prepping, planning. What is a time audit exactly? How did you do it? Tell me everything. I'm, I'm actually genuinely really, really you- <laughs> interested in this. Like this is, this is real. <laughs> I'm quite positive that you've definitely done, done a time audit before. I don't even know why I called it a time audit. Sometimes I refer to it as taking inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of different names for it, right? But essentially what I did is I took out a piece of paper and for one week straight, I literally wrote down everything that I worked on. So day by day, you know, I just have this sheet of paper. I actually did it online. If I'm being real, I didn't write things down on a sheet of paper. I took notes online, but some, I I could see how you would find it helpful to have like Mm. a physical paper and pen. So any way you want to do it, it doesn't matter. You could 
open up your notes app, you could do a Google Doc, you could do a sheet of paper, a journal, whatever. But the key is recording how you're spending your time because it's so easy to go through a day, a week, a month, even an entire year and then look back and like, I'm sure you've had this experience. Sometimes I have these days where I feel like I've gotten so much done and I hit work early and I've been at the computer for five, six hours, you know, taking a couple breaks here and there. John and I get together for dinner and he's like, what'd you work on today? And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> gosh, I don't really know how to answer that question, actually. I know that I worked for a long time today, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that, that's, that happens to me when someone asks, what did you do on the weekend? Hmm, don't remember. Let me look <laughs> yeah. back at what I wrote and had down on my calendar. So I can- Exactly. <laughs> that, you and I did that literally today when we got on. You're like, how was your weekend? I'm like, hmm, let me think about what I did. <laughs> it almost felt like, did I do anything? And then I looked at the calendar. Oh, yes, I did something every day, <laughs> all day. Like there was a lot of things that I did, but I just couldn't recall it right away. So, okay, yeah. this is cool. So you write down, okay. I, I have done a version of this, and but we can come back to that. But I'm curious, are you writing down literally life stuff, like going down to the kitchen and unstacking, unpacking the dishwasher? Yep. Everything. Everything. And start and stop times too. Oh, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have to literally do start and stop times. More importantly, you're documenting the amount of time that you're doing it. Right. So like, it wouldn't have to be start and stop, but like I just spent 30 minutes going down to the kitchen and unloading the dishwasher yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I think the importance of being so specific and exact like this is exactly what I was saying before, you know, sometimes I'll end a day and I'm like, I don't really know what I did. Mm. And it's those days where there's so much time being spent on things that don't matter, that don't need to take that long, mm. that you could be delegating to somebody else. So the purpose of a time audit isn't necessarily to like shame yourself about how you're spending your time. It's not that at all. Mm -hmm. It's really about giving yourself a super clear and honest picture so that you can say, oh, wow, I didn't realize that when I picked up my phone to answer a text message that I then ended up opening up Instagram. <laughs> and then I thought to check my WhatsApp messages. And then I ended up on Facebook. And 45 minutes later, I put my phone down yeah. because to most of us, we would look back on that and say, oh, I just answered a quick text message. It took me two minutes. But no, in reality, it ended up taking you 45 because you did 10 other things at the same time, right? Yes. Or like I... I'm just going to take a quick break to run, get a snack in the kitchen. But then when I'm in the kitchen, I unload the dishwasher mm -hmm. and then there are dirty dishes in the sink and that's distracting. So I go ahead and wash those. So my five minute snack break was really, you know, a 45 minute or an hour or whatever long kitchen <laughs> obsession, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I've totally done before. No shame. <laughs> no, me too. Me too. Well, it's almost like, you know, when um, people have to write down their their food intake like keep a food diary yeah mm -hmm. you don't realize like it is so easy to fool yourself I think I think there's a saying out there that the easiest person to fool is yourself I'm mm. sure someone said that yep. at some point yeah and so to your point like if you don't 
write it down. You could, for the purpose of this activity, you could be completely clueless as to how much time you spend on something mm-hmm. or how you get derailed or how you go on this detour through the rest of the house on, on your way to do this one little thing that was supposed to take a few minutes. Yeah. Or even, uh, you know, thinking about you and Omar, you guys are going into a co-working space now. Like it would be easy for you to say that your working day is, let's say you guys get to the co-working space at 9am and you're there until 4pm. But there's also the however long it takes you guys to get to the co-working mm-hmm. space. And then maybe on the way home, you guys run errands and like you actually aren't getting home until 630 or seven. And there's all these little time pockets that we kind of miss out on accounting for. And that can take up a lot of time in the day. Like it's crazy how it adds up. And so doing these time audits, again, you're not only recognizing exactly how you're spending your time. Maybe there's a lot of things that are going to be very eye opening for you that you think, Oh, wow, I don't, I don't want to be on my phone for 45 minutes when I, when I've just meant to check a text message, like Mm -hmm. how can I hold myself accountable to not doing that anymore? And also I think there's a lot of things that'll show up on our list that we can either business-wise, that we can either say, why am I actually Mm. doing this? Like maybe it's a daily task or a weekly task. So I just robotically do it every time it comes up. But is it really important to our bottom line? Mm. Is it helping me reach my goals? And when you start being ruthless with your time like that, which is like, this is a great example of how you could get really ruthless. Like I'm thinking about whether I'm going to have flexibility with my time to take care of a human, like I'm really, you know, kind of back up against the wall. Like this is really important. So what's something that's really important to you that you would love to free up time for Mm -hmm. that you could use this exercise to really help you like ditch some of those things that you don't need to be spending your time on. And maybe you find a set of things that you can delegate to somebody else on your team that you could consider hiring a virtual team member to help you with, even personal stuff, like all the time that you spend in the dishwasher Mm -hmm. and doing laundry and all these other things. Like, is there a space for you to think about hiring a a house cleaner maybe once every other week or, you know, having help in some way with different errands and stuff like that? So I'm such a huge fan of the time audit. I think it's endlessly helpful (laughs) i can tell no and it is yeah i mean i want to do this right after this call because like you said it can unlock so many things and it can unlock especially those things that you're like why am i still doing this i don't have to do this anymore Mm -hmm. you know it's just a robotic thing that i think i have to do but it just gives you that pause to look at something that you're doing in your day a task that you're doing time that you're spending that yeah you can just give yourself that moment to say, I probably don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. It even allows you probably to reflect on the things that you are doing that you don't want to do, but you've never given yourself the opportunity to, you know, reflect and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause exactly. you felt like you've had no choice. Cause you are constantly running out of time, running from one thing to another. Okay. Did, did you find this 
tedious in any way because I can imagine someone saying oh my goodness I've got to sit there and write down every single thing I'm going to have this piece of paper with me or open up my phone like I've got to remember to do this was it tedious at all or I mean it can be but when you think about the reasons why you're doing it and the fact that you really only need to do this for a week to get a pretty clear picture and like start to see the repetition and start to see like the ways that you kind of sink into these black holes, whether they be on the internet or in your kitchen, you know, it's a week. Yeah. You can do anything for a week, right? No, I I agree. I agree. It's just the setting that intention. It becomes almost like a game. Okay. This week, this, and I think that's how you can, you can make it something that you commit to for that week. Like this is is a game. I'm just going to do this for a week. This is fun. I'm writing down everything that I've got to do or that I'm doing. And don't get me... Yeah. And don't get me wrong. If you're, you know, going to the bathroom and it takes you two minutes and then you're back at your desk, like you don't have to record (laughs) everything. Yeah. But I'm talking about like the chunks of time that are like more than 15 minutes spans Mm -hmm. where, because these are the time spans where we think that we're only spending five or 10 minutes doing something when in fact, we're really spending 30 or 45 minutes doing something. Mm, I think people would probably be surprised at how they're spending their time. Mm-hmm. I think this I is maybe the scary be. thing. <laughs> like, okay, I want to hear if something surprised you, but I feel like one of the reactions could be like, I don't know if I want to do this because I don't really want to face the fact that I'm not using my time wisely or I don't know. It's just, it's sometimes just easier to just keep doing what you know, right? Rather than take stock and reevaluate. And, and make 100%. some changes and make some changes. Yeah, because that's what's that's what's comfortable. Right. So did yeah. anything surprise you? Yes, actually. OK, so uh, as a disclaimer, I've done time audits many, many times before. So I feel like I have iterated on this a mm-hmm. number of times to where like if I went back to my first handful of time audits that I've, I've been doing this for probably like six or seven years. So if I go back to like my first time audits, I was shocked, disappointed in myself. <laughs> like you said, you know, it was kind of like, oh, wow, do I really want to do this? <laughs> but the more I've done it, the more, you know, the better I've gotten at how I'm spending my time. But even this last time, there were some things that I was surprised about. And I will say some pretty big changes that I've made as, as a result. And that's again, especially given the fact that I'm doing this R E having a baby, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) But like my podcast, Kate's take, um, that was something that really, when I did the time audit, it, it wasn't taking up a ton of my time, but it was taking up enough of my time that I decided that once I finished season nine, which is kind of wrapping up right now, that I'm going to be taking a break on that. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of decided to put that on the back burner for the foreseeable future as a way to free up, you know, a couple hours a week. I guess I'm more surprised at coming to the conclusion that I want to put it on the back burner Mm. than I am at the actual time that it was taking me. But, you know, once you start to look at, okay, how many hours per week do I want to be working and how can I get there? That, that was, you know, one of the things that I decided to put to the side 
And I, I will say that was another really helpful thing for me is I went into this time audit knowing that right now I'm working about 20 hours per week. And my goal um, by the time the baby comes is to not be working more than 10 hours a week. So I'm basically looking to cut mm -hmm. my time in half. So that was helpful because then when I did get to a point where I looked over everything and said, okay, this is how I'm spending those 20 hours per week and I want to cut them in half, what's going to go? Yeah, right. And I think this is what's so interesting about this exercise because it's a very clear cut lens and filter to assess the things that you do in your life. Like time mm -hmm. is finite the hours, the minutes, the days. Oh, you just reminded me. I just started the book 4,000 Weeks. It's, oh, have you I don't think I've heard of this. Okay. We'll close this loop very quickly, but I have started a book <laughs> called 4,000 4, Weeks by Oliver Berkman. So many people raved about this book and 4,000 Weeks comes from the title, uh, comes from the notion that if we typically live to about 80 years of age around there, uh -huh. we only have 4,000 weeks in our life. And wow. So yeah, big concepts. We've had a couple of philosophical conversations on the podcast recently. So we'll just close this one right now because we don't want to go <laughs> down that, down that tangent and down that um, road for now. But um, what I was thinking about was the things that we want to do, the things that we enjoy, the things we say, Oh, but I have to do this. I love Kate's take. I've been, you know, producing this podcast for, you know, nine seasons. It's fun. I like it. I enjoy it. And all of those feelings are well and good, and it's a reflection of how you you might feel about how the you know the time that you're working on something. But then when you just break it down to a very not clinical, but a very I know what you're trying to say, mm. and I can't think of the word either. <laughs> a very <laughs> it's just like a very data driven. Very exactly, very data driven mathematical I don't know how you want to say it I was gonna say equation so Equ I feel like mathematical is <laughs> right then it helps you make those decisions um mm -hmm. like you just said I am working 20 hours my goal is to work 10 hours so let's just put it down on paper what equals 10 hours that I can remove yeah, that I can subtract. And I will say, I think that there are a lot of, uh, you know, really positive, like celebratory things that can come out of a time audit as well. Like there were a couple of tasks that I work on that are huge. I mean, like I'm talking top revenue generators for our mm -hmm. business, like going over the time that I spend on sponsorships. So that's one area of the business that, you know, I'm kind of in charge of those relationships and managing the sponsorship reads and making sure those are ready every month. And I was actually quite shocked at how little time I spend on that, but how huge of a reward that that is and an ROI for our business. Um, so I think that there's like some really cool things that can come out of a time audit as well. Like you get to recognize what is my 80, 20, mm -hmm. like what is the, you know, 20% of the activities that I'm working on that are netting 80% of our results. And that can be super game changing in business to know what those activities are. Right. And then the flip side of that is what are you spending a lot of time on? That's not getting you. Mm hmm fulfillment results enjoyment right anything you know this could be business it could be life and this time audit allows you to do this mm -hmm. i have a confession i have not done a proper time audit in this way i have done a business when you said the word inventory i remember doing a task inventory 
I've done that a couple of times where we've listed all the tasks in the business, Mm -hmm. even for teammates, their roles. I've done that a couple of times and that is, and it is, it's so eye-opening. I don't know why I've never done it for my own time. Yeah. the, the way you describe, like writing down everything you do, okay, minus the bathroom bio break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how, like what an insight into how you're spending your days and these days that are going, that are fleeting. Like this is right. a really, really valuable thing to do. I can see you can get so much out of it. And what, it costs you a week of maybe just a little bit of a inconvenience, t- here, inconvenience and there. <laughs> here and there to write down, yeah. you know, the time that you're spending on, on everything. Yeah. I think this is yeah. great. So, okay, confession, haven't really done one properly. So I'm very, very inspired to do one. I'm excited to hear about it. I can't wait to hear about it. And I promise I won't go on and on about this, even though I definitely could. I also think that another way that this can be super beneficial is when you start to identify those little things that you are doing repetitively, maybe without even noticing Mm -hmm. it, like those trips to the kitchen and then you're emptying the dishwasher and yada, yada, yada. When you start to recognize those things, you can identify them as potential distractors. And Mm -hmm. what I've done with those types of things is I've found ways to work them into my daily routine so that they get out of the way before I even start my day. Day. And mm. that way, like for me, literally the kitchen was one of those things. I would go down there to, like telling myself that I was going to get a snack, but really I wanted to wash the dishes. <laughs> okay. And so now cleaning the kitchen is part of my morning routine. I do it every single morning, right after my workout, before I take my shower, I do a kitchen sweep. Mm-hmm. I take care of anything in the kitchen that I know is going to bug me throughout the day if it's not done. And because I've done that now, I don't have to find excuses to go to the kitchen. I know it's clean. <laughs> it's not bugging me. Yeah. So uh, I think it gives us an opportunity to identify things that we can kind of create like these little routines and systems out of so that they're not disrupting our day. Mm. And I, I can totally see that. And it just becomes a habit, right? You build, then you build in these little habits that actually work for you, like getting mm-hmm. that kitchen stuff done out of the way before you do all your other stuff. Exactly. And that's one of your daily habits. That's great. Do you think it can help with procrastination? I don't know why my mind went to procrastination. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I guess it could help you identify the ways in which you're procrastinating, which I think could be helpful. Because I think a lot of the times, like you said, what was the quote that you used? We're the easiest person to fool. It's easiest yeah, to fool the, ourselves. Yeah, the easiest person to fool is yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, yeah, it, it, when we're procrastinating on things, it's not like we end our day. <laughs> you know, John's like, Kate, what did you do today? <laughs> well, I procrastinated on all the projects that I'm supposed to be working on. Yeah, you're <laughs> you know, say, like there's you would never no say way that. I could have done that thing <laughs> because I was doing all these other things. But what right. were all those other things? Perhaps they were just excuses, distractions, right. procrastination activities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it could be really helpful in that respect. That's it's kind of like it's like holding up a mirror on your time. You know, you really, truly get to see what it is that you're doing. Yeah, we're not going to know this 
unless you're intentional about it and you get it's just a way of getting real too isn't it like you've got a very clear goal because the baby's coming that you want to be able to have time and that's why you're doing this but it's a way of just getting real too with how you're spending your time like it does kind of open up a bigger philosophical question we're not going to open up the philosophical question but how are we (laughs) spending our time on this earth it's a real question and Mm -hmm. this might seem like a really boring mundane activity but i think it can allow for a lot of self-reflection and opening up to yeah well said girl (laughs) (laughs) at 7 34 i'm on fire (laughs) <laughs> oh. oh i'm inspired kate seriously i feel like are we going to record the next episode because really what i want to do is start doing my time audit question is <laughs> do i do a, a digital do i do an analog do i go paper and pen or do i open up my phone probably well, hey, you could you could start your time audit with two hours of recording nicole and kate can relate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, which which way are you going to go? Are you going to go pen and paper? Well, I think um, it's easy. I do use my notes app on my phone yeah. a lot. And then you can just sync it with your computer. With the, That's with what the I used when I did my mm-hmm. most recent one, my notes app. Yeah. But I do love writing things down. I'm really big now that I'm doing my journaling every morning. You know, you could do it do it on your notes app and then what you could actually write down is kind of like your recap. Because once you finish this time audit, you're of course gonna look back on this and start to calculate and you know, okay. this like a whole bigger thing, you know, you start putting like tasks together and mm-hmm. adding up the time that's spent on the same thing over multiple days. So that could be something that you mm-hmm. do in writing. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an important part. Your time audit ends with kind of a recap of your week after you look back and say, okay, I worked on this every single day. Uh I worked on this thing one time and those things that you're working on every single day. Okay. How many hours did you spend that week on that one thing? Do you think a week is a good enough amount to just, I know there'll be one-off activities, one-off task but it's right. a typical reflection of your day-to-day a week is enough that's what i've found mm-hmm. i mean you could certainly do this for Too longer long. periods of time if you felt the need but i think a week is a pretty clear picture you start to identify mm-hmm. things that then then once you're aware of it you can start catching yourself like on the fly right mm-hmm. you don't need to continue doing a time audit to realize right. that you don't really have to go to the kitchen right now yes. <laughs> And did you end up removing those 10 hours? I'm still working on it, but I'm very close. Okay, I'm very close. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, I have no doubt that you'll get there. I think it's helpful that you had a goal for you, but you said you've done this time audit multiple times. Now in your life, you're about to have a baby. So this is a big reason to, to do it. Did you ever find yourself doing a time audit for other reasons? Maybe less big? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have found myself doing time audits when I'm looking to add team members because I think Uh it's a really good time for you to pick out what you want to delegate. And then that can help you put together Mm -hmm. like a job description or know exactly, you know, who you're looking to hire. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been really helpful for that. Also, if I just am feeling in general overwhelmed and overworked Mm -hmm. and kind of like maybe even on the verge of burnout, that's a great time to do a time audit because you obviously need to start 
gaining back time. Like you need to figure out how you cannot feel overwhelmed and burnt out. So uh, that would be a great time to do a time audit as well. And then I would say um, when creating, looking to create more systems in Mm -hmm. your business or in your life, I think time audits are really helpful for creating systems because it shows you what you're doing repetitively Mm. and anything that you do repetitively is perfect to create a system around. So it can really help you identify like that low hanging fruit to start creating. That kind of goes back to like we were talking about routines and stuff like that. You know, it helps you Mm. identify things that you could create a system around so that you're not recreating the wheel every time you do that thing. Yeah, these are great. So many reasons why we should do a time audit. Oh, yeah. Basically, there's no reason not, not to, to do, do one. A time <laughs> Make the I'm time. A huge advocate. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is an episode where we really agree with each other. <laughs> it's like yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, Nicole, I'm excited for you to dive into your time audit. Friends, I'm excited for you to dive into your time audit as well. And Nicole, thanks so much for sharing with us a little bit of your planning and prep and how you're feeling about OzCon. So excited for you. And I can't wait to hear a recap when you're back from that event. And hopefully all this info and chat and my obsession over time audits has been helpful (laughs) oh it's definitely inspired me definitely i loved all your tips and i am i'm gonna do it today i will report back i will report back (laughs) i love it all right friends well as we close out today's chat with some recent updates and a big gushing session over time audits we hope that you picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.